But if you would turn with me to the book of Genesis, chapter 13, and beginning with verse 10, I want to read down through verse 18. Genesis, chapter 13, and reading down from the 10th verse. And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zoar. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves, the one from the other. Uh, I still have the old school iPad. Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent towards Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. And the Lord said unto Abram, that after that Lot was separated from him, Lift up now thine eyes, and look from the place where thou art, northward, and southward, and eastward, and westward. For all the, pl all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it and to thy seed forever. And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Arise and walk through the land in the length of it and in the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. Then Abram removed his tent and came and dwelled in the plain of Mamre, which is in Hebron, and built there an altar to the Lord. I also want to turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3 and the first five verses. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Those are negative words, and I, I think they fit this generation on the outside, not in here. I do have to say this morning, I appreciate so much the tremendous, tremendous spirit of worship and the presence of God that that worship brought into this place. I could not help but stand there and weep. Part of me wanted to weep, part of me wanted to dance, part of me wanted to jump up and down. Why? Because the beautiful presence of God has filled this house where his people are gathered together today. I don't think anyone would argue that point, that we are living in perilous times. I don't know if you noticed through the reading of those words. All of those things are conditions of the heart. They're not outward forces. They are not things that come against us. They are conditions that would develop in our own heart. But in spite of the perilous times, that's not what really matters. These are the days of revival. 
God also said, it shall come to pass in the last day that I will pour out of my spirit. I believe that we are living in that hour when God is going to show forth his great power. This will be the finest hour of the church. And if it's going to be the finest hour of the church, it's also got to be my finest hour. And it's got to be your finest hour. It's not a time to be anything less than that. It's a time when we want to walk closer to God. I believe God is calling his church to a closer walk with him. And God is going to use his people to do a great work in these last days. Uh, I'm excited about the future of Life Church. Now, just because I moved all the way across the country, Life Church is still a very much a part of our heart. We don't get away from that. You folks, and many of you, I don't know, but whoever you are, we are still so excited to be a part of Life Church. And I'm going to claim that, Brother Brown. We're still a part of this church, even though my son pastors in the East Coast and we're here. But I want to borrow my title today from the U.S. Army, Be All You Can Be. Be All You Can Be. This was the recruiting slogan from 1980 to 2001 for the U.S. Army. It was the most successful ever. And I've come to this place this morning. I won't tell you that I've come with enticing words of men's wisdom, but I believe I've heard from God concerning this service today. And so I've come to challenge you to be all that you can be for God. I want to encourage you. It's not a time to look down. It's a time to look up. The best is yet to come. The greatest days of the church are yet before us. The beautiful blessings of God that have been felt in this place this morning is just a precursor to what God is going to do for this church. What you see as a congregation this morning is just a small portion of what God has out there. I am excited to go this afternoon. I, I want to see the former Guitar Center, Life Church. I want to see what God is going to give you and what you will have to grow into, what you will have to fill with precious souls that need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'm excited about that this morning. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. I know you've just launched a, a capital stewardship campaign. I want to tell you, we had it, we finished it. It's the greatest thing that ever happened to us. We have altogether spent a million and five thousand dollars. We borrowed seven hundred and ninety thousand in thirty-three months. We are debt free. I don't say that to brag on us, I say it to brag on God. Because there's absolutely no way that we could have given that without the help of God. Uh, I don't understand. I told somebody the other day, a man in our church, one of the other board members, I said, it's really unbelievable. But that's what makes it a miracle. If I could believe it and see it, it would not be a miracle. 
but God provided. Let me, you know, I don't know why I'm saying these things, but I just want to encourage you a little bit this morning. When you look at the staggering debt that you're going into, don't look at the debt. Look at the resources of God. Amen. One man in our church told me, he said, I got to checking and I have been able to give 46% above what I pledged. And I'm sure that he pledged a good amount. I've 46% above that he's given. He said, I also got to checking, and my salary has increased 46% during that period of time. I'm telling you, folks, when we step out on the promises of God, there is absolutely no telling what God can do. Now, I know I got to get back to my text here, but uh, I like to tell, brag on God. I like to tell what he's done, and there's just no limit to it. Be all you can be. Never settle for second best. Never settle for less than what you can be. When I look at the story of, that I read in your hearing this morning, the background of these two men by the name of Abraham and Lot, God had called Abram for this land of Ur of the Chaldees, he brought with him to this place his nephew Lot. Time had been spent in Egypt during a famine, and now they had returned to Bethel. The Bible says it this way, they returned unto the place of the altar. They'd been in Egypt, but they came back to the place of the altar where Abram built an altar at the first. Here he called upon God, reached out to him. And I, I, I would like to have been a part of uh, what was said. I'd like to have been someplace, I should say, and heard the prayer that Abraham prayed and all the things that went into it. But he, he was back where he belonged. He was in the place that he had been at the first, right by the altar of God. And uh, a problem arose. There was too little land and too much sheep. And so Lot was given the choice. You choose. I'll take what's left. Now, I have to look at this man by the name of Lot this morning. There's some things that beg to be noticed about him. First of all, he was never an altar builder. You will not find one place in Scripture where Lot ever built an altar. He was simply content to worship at the altar that Abraham had built and uh, let someone else sacrifice, but I'll, I'll go ahead and worship at the altar. Lot may have brought his sacrifice, but he never brought his heart. If you're going to bring something to God, the sacrifice does not count if your heart is not in it. The sacrifice is of none effect unless your heart is behind what you are offering to God. And so with everything we do, we want to have a sacrifice that brought our heart to it. It's always going to be easier to worship at somebody else's altar. Yeah. Amen. Some of you folks, I don't know you, so if I say something that wrong this morning, you just ignore it. <laughs> but uh, Some of you folks probably, if you're like any other church that I know of, you're depending on somebody else to do the praying. You're depending on somebody else to do the sacrificing. 
You're depending on somebody else to carry the load. You're depending on somebody else to do the things that need to be done. But I want to tell you something this morning, friend. You've got to build your own altar. Nobody is exempt from having an altar that they have built. And he was just content to live in the overflow of Abraham's relationship and never serious about his walk with God. You can't compartmentalize your walk with God. Your walk with God is who you are on Monday on the job, Tuesday and all through the week. Your walk with God is what defines you regardless of where you are and what you're doing. You can't say, well, I'm, just, I'm a Christian on Sunday and I'll do other things and live like I want to live all the rest of the week. No, sir. If you're going to be a Christian, be a Christian seven days a week. If you're going to live for God, live for him with all of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. And so Lot was faced with a choice. The choice that he would make would defect the eternal destiny of himself and his family. There are consequences to the choices that we've made. I've seen people in make the wrong choices, and it doesn't just affect them. It affects their wife and their children. And I I could go on and on, but I think you get the point this morning. When Lot made his choice, he had to have known about Sodom before he ever pitched his tent. He knew what the situation was there. Surely her reputation was no secret, but I'm going anyway. Just uh, the, the youth, uh, no, the men's ministry, uh, leader of our church, uh, every morning, five days a week, he sends out a text to all of the men of our church. Something that, you know, is a, just a short sentence, but it's something that grasps your attention. And every man in the church gets that every, uh, every five days a week. And his text just uh, Friday morning was this. Don't flirt with the world when you're engaged to Jesus Christ. I, I just was so gripped with that. I said, I, I got to use that this morning. Because there's something about it. it. The world will always be there. The world will allure. The world will try. It'll try to find its way into the church. It'll try to find its way into my heart. I don't care how long you've had the Holy Ghost, it will still try that. Lot chose him. I like the wording of the scripture there. I paid particular attention to it. He didn't just choose the plain of Jordan and pitched his tent towards Sodom. He chose him, all the plain of Jordan. He chose for himself. What's what's in it for me? What am I going to get out of it? You see what the secret behind it all, he was willing to compromise his conviction for the sake of convenience. What's best for me, what will benefit me, what I'm going to receive by my choice. Now, let's, let's leave Lot alone and uh, move to the other man. I like his story a lot better. After Lot was separated... God had something to say, and I'm going to add my words right here. It may seem, Abraham, that you've gotten the worst of the deal. 
Amen. It may seem that he's left you with, he chose the best. But the best physically is not what's best. He said, God, and I'm putting my words again, I've got some things in mind for you, some things I, I'm going to do in your life. It's not what you have now, it's what you can accomplish. It's not what you are, but it's what you can become. I want to tell somebody in this house this morning, it's not what you are right now that really counts. It's what you will allow God to use you for and to make of you. It's what you will allow God to accomplish in your life. I want to tell this church, don't look at where you are right now. Although this is great looking out across this congregation. But don't look at where you are right now and say, we're satisfied. This is the end of the road. We're going to stay here. No, sir. God has a tremendous future for you. Amen. And to individuals, if you try to plan your life, you're always going to underplan it. Because we can only see the visible. We can only see what's easily accessible. But if we can let God plan it, I think we could say, honey, you ain't seen nothing yet. There is no limit to what God can take your life and make out of it. Some of you say, this is all I am. This is what I'm going to be. This is who I am. I want to tell you in this place this morning, nobody has to settle for that. When you put your hand in the nail-scarred hand of Jesus Christ, when you decide you want to walk with him wherever he leads you, when you decide he's more important than anything else in this world, my friend, you're going to find yourself in a life that you never dreamed of because the power and the presence of God is going to saturate your soul. You're going to find yourself doing things you never thought you would do, accomplishing things you never thought you would accomplish. You're going to find yourself being things that you never thought you would be. That's the kind of God that we serve this morning. I think we ought to lift our hand and thank him right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise your wonderful name, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We thank you. We praise your name. We glorify. Oh, God, I'm going to praise your name. I'm going to praise your name. I'm going to praise your name this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm. Hallelujah. First of all, I believe that God will speak to you, and he will speak to me just like he spoke to Abraham. Oh, God has got to speak to, no, I know he does speak to Brother Brown. He speaks through Brother Brown. I prayed this morning, God, speak through me to this congregation today. And I feel such an awesome presence of God in this place right now. First of all, he said, lift up your eyes. You're not in the best position as far as what you can see naturally. In fact, if he only saw the natural, it was not promising at all. 
But when you begin to see what God sees, it's entirely different. So what we need to do many times is get our eyes off the visible and let the Spirit speak to us. Get our eyes off the things that we can see. Because truthfully, we don't see the best most of the time. We see problems. We see situations that we can't handle. God never intended for you to handle them. He intended for you to turn them over to him. You see, the things that we can see are only temporal. They're here today, gone tomorrow. They're just for this life. But I believe if we as the church this morning can lift our eyes to the things that are eternal. And this life that we're living in, this thing called the church, is not limited by time and space. It's not a here on earth thing. The church is the body of Jesus Christ around the world. We are simply a part of that today. Hebrews eleven twenty seven says, Moses endured as seeing him who is invisible. I believe more than anything else this morning, God wants us to see him. If I could put it in my words and put words in God's mouth, God would say, you've got to see me before you can see what I will make of you. You've got to see me before you will ever see what I can accomplish. You've got to get a vision of me, amen. He's not just a God that's up on a throne somewhere and doesn't interact with us. He's my God. He's my friend. He's my Savior. He's your God. He's your friend. Amen. He wants to be that to each and every one of us this morning. Hallelujah. Many times, my vision and yours is skewed by what we see, by what we hear, by what we know. Sometimes, the facts are just that. They're facts as far as life's concerned. But God pays no attention to facts. My wife would not be here today, and some of you know that, if we'd paid attention to facts years ago. At that point in time, she had only, many of you will remember, she had only 50% of her lung capacity. And the doctor told her there is no cure. It will only get worse. You'll be carrying an oxygen bottle everywhere you go before long. And it's still downhill from there. Can I tell you, facts don't tell the truth. Because she's still here today with a complete healing, complete lung capacity, and still going on with God. Hallelujah. Somebody in this place, and I, I hadn't intended, but somebody in this place needs to claim their healing this morning. There's a power of God that's in this house right now that if you'll just reach out to him, he will take hold of your need and banish it today. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost this morning. Whatever your need is, believe him right now.
Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. There's enough of the power of God in this place this morning to conquer anything. You can be healed. You can have victory. You can overcome by the power and the presence of God. Glory to the name of the Lord. Glory to the name of the Lord. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, God work, God work, God work. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Come on, right now, let God do the work. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I praise you, God. Mm. Praise God. I think in this building situation, whatever, God just wants to remind us we've got to see him because it will not be my, by your pocketbook. It'll be by God's pocketbook. Amen. It won't be by what I've got in the bank account. It'll be by what God's got in his bank account. Hallelujah. And God doesn't charge any interest. He just loves to work miracles to help his people. <laughs> Brother Brown, you can count on me being back. I'm not going to be too old by that time. It's going to happen soon. Praise God. Secondly, God said, look from the place where you are right now. Look to the north, to the south, to the east, to the west. Everywhere you look, there's opportunities for the power in the presence of God to do something. A tourist was sitting on a, on a park bench one day, and he asked the man who was sitting there beside him, uh, can you tell me something this town is noted for? The local man said, no, I don't rightly know, except it's the starting place to the world. Anywhere you want to go, you can start right here and get there. I want to tell somebody in this place this morning, don't look too long at where you are right now. Amen. Because people that do that never go anywhere. Don't look too long at your present situation. Don't look too long at your circumstances. Now, I know this church has been through some struggles in the last few years. I know that. But that is the past. Don't build a monument to the past. There is a future. There's a tomorrow. There are great things ahead because where you are is simply the starting point to where God is going to take us. I say us because I'm still a part. 
of this church. Sometimes we say, well, if I had this or if I had that, I could do this or I could do that. If I had somebody else's place or if my circumstances were different. Right where you are is the starting place to where you want to go. I read this saying sometime back, and perhaps it's true. Mediocre people wait for the opportunities to come to them, but the strong go after the opportunities. Now, I wish I could stand here this morning and prophesy, tell you, I know exactly how God, I don't know, neither do you, neither does your pastor, but there's a God who's already got it mapped out. There's a God who knows what tomorrow holds. There's a God who knows what it's going to be a year from now. There's a God who knows what it's going to be five years from now. And so all I need to do and all you need to do is just find where God is moving and get in line with him. Amen. Don't try to wonder. Just find where God is and follow him, and he will lead you where he wants you to go. The third thing he says is arise. Get up. It's time to do something. He said, all this land that you see, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to make your seed as the dust of the earth. But there's one thing you've got to do. And that's walk through it, the length of it, and the breadth of it. And I'll give it to you. Amen. So the question is, Abraham... How much land do you want? Do you want just a little, 40 acres over on this side? And I want to walk through that. That's good enough. Sometimes we do that. But I believe if somebody told, especially here in Los Angeles, if somebody told me all the land you can walk through, I'm going to give it to you, you better believe I'm going to be walking all the way to the Santa Monica Pier. Yeah. Hallelujah. All right. You laugh about that, but the truth is God's got something greater than that yeah. that he wants for every one of us to have. There's a place in God that I can get up this morning and I can walk through it. He said if you can see it and take ownership of it and begin to walk through it. So, you know, I don't think he meant just literally walking, but if, if I was in Abraham place, and somewhere the scripture says every place that the sole of your foot touches the ground, I'm going to give it to you. I would be walking and walking. Oh, yeah, I'm tired, but I'm going to keep walking. I'm weary, but I'm going to keep walking. Why? Because it's all mine. There's things in God I want this morning, but I've got to get up from where I am and step out in faith and start walking with God and let God give it to me this morning. Hallelujah. I want to tell somebody in this place this morning, you have sat too long where you are. You've been in the same place with God, but it's time for you to move out. It's time for you to change addresses and begin to walk with God into the things that God has for you. Oh, my friend, this morning, if we could get a vision of what God really has for us, if we could get a vision of what changes God wants to make in our life. Hallelujah. I feel so strongly this morning. God's got some great things, great things, great things ahead for this church. Don't settle for just a portion of it. Here's the kicker. It's always going to be easier 
to lower your expectations than it is to start walking. Oh, God, you see where I am. and I, I know that there's great things, but this is good enough. God wants to challenge somebody this morning. Be all you can be. Be all you can be. Be all you can be. Turn to your neighbor and say, be all you can be. Don't settle for just a portion of what God, whatever you are willing to walk into, God will give it to you. I think the church this morning ought to say, we're going to walk into the realm of blessings and miracles and power. We're going to walk into the mission with God's provision. The slogan for our stewardship campaign was advance, advancing the kingdom. Subtitle of that was provision for the vision. Brother Brown, pastor where I attend, has been preaching, teaching on discipleship, just like you have. It's got to be, as he said in the last lesson, it's got to become a culture of the church. It can't be something we talk about, teach about. It's got to get in my heart, get in your heart. But this campaign has got to get in the heart. Maybe it, you know, it may already be, but if it's not, let it get in your heart. Let it consume you. Let it take hold of you because you're going to see the great miracles that God is going to perform to get there. And I bring it down to a close this morning, this afternoon. Then the Bible said that Abraham removed his tent. He came and dwelt in the plain of Mamre, which is in Hebron, and built there an altar for the Lord. Wherever, this is something we got to note, wherever Abraham had a tent, God had an altar. Wherever Abraham had a tent, God had an altar. Don't ever live where you cannot build an altar and worship. Don't ever live where you cannot build an altar and ask God's blessings upon it. You see, he left Canaan, which is the type of the lowlands, and moved to Mamre, which means strength or blessings. In memory, God promised a son. He promised seed as the stars and the sand of the sea. He promised him a bright future. Just moving, sometimes from the lowlands where we've been living, to the higher things of God. And I don't mean physically moving, but I mean in our mind, our attitude, and our spirit. I'm, I'm really convinced this morning that God wants us as his people to move from living in the lowlands to come on up higher where the blessings of God are flowing, where God is walking with us day by day. George Barnard Shaw was an Irish author and a playwright. He wrote more than 60 plays during his lifetime, but he once said this, life is not about finding yourself. 
Life is about creating yourself through the help and the power of God. He asked the, was asked the question, if you believed in reincarnation and you could come back as anybody you chose, who would you choose to come back as? His answer was this, I would like to come back as the man that I could have been. How tragic. There's that potential in every single one of us. Would you stand with me? You just need to say, God, I want to be all that I can be. I don't want to lower my expectations. I want to raise them. I don't want to live in the lowlands. I want to walk in the high places. Can I tell you, church, this morning, God's got a vision that you won't see just looking at things around you. But if you turn your eyes upon Him and let Him work in your life and accomplish what He wants to accomplish, you can't help but move. Amen. There's a place in God that I want. I haven't yet got around. I'm not settling for where I am right now. I'll soon be 83 years old. But I've got things in God that I still want to reach for. God's still got a vision for me to see so that I can do what He wants me to do. And I can be what He wants me to be. Don't let me stop short of let me settle for the here and the now. But I want to be everything that I can be. Praise God. Would you just lift your hand this morning?